Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Uh, now, with the lockdown in place, of course, we miss having familiar faces in the studio for a chat, but it doesn't mean we can't catch up with them and see how they're getting on in this, what, lockdown 3.0. And Barry Murphy of Hermitage Green is uh, on the line. Morning to Barry. How are you? Hello, Barry. How are you doing? Okay, I can hear Barry in the background, but uh, I'm not sure that uh, Barry can hear uh, me for some reason. Uh, So we will see what we can do with that. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to play a Hermitage Green song. And uh, this one appeals to me because of its nostalgia, I think. uh, And it is The Kerosene Light. I remember the time when my granddad and I would sit by the fire at night And I'd listen to stories Of how we once lived By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light He said, Mom and Dad Sent me off to school where I'd learn how to read and to write And they listen for hours as I read from my books By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light Your grandma and I, we were wet at 16 Lord, she was a beautiful sight I was proudly I placed a ring on her hands By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light About one year later your daddy was born Your grandma Oh, I can't tell the joy as he brought for new life By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light Well, having a child, it did weaken her soul She just wasn't up to the fight she looked so peaceful as she went to her rest By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light Then and is now the times they were hard To succeed you would try all your mind Well sometimes love Sometimes dreams die By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light Yeah, one of my favourite songs, actually, from Hermitage Green, the kerosene light uh, from a previous live performance here in the Limerick Today studio. And I've managed to get through to Barry Murphy now. Hi, Barry, how are you? 
Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I really love that. I mean, for, for reasons of nostalgia, uh, yeah. but also family. I mean, s- since you've had kids, would a song like that mean more to you? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I don't sit at home singing to them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> at the but, moment, uh, no. But not, no, but I look, it, it does. I, I suppose it's a very emotional song. Um, and no matter how many times you sing it, uh, it still carries the same weight. And even listening to it there, I, I'd forgotten we'd done that in with you. And it's, uh, that's, I, that's a good while ago we, we recorded that. And um, oh, it brings me back to when we could actually do gigs. And like I said, we played that, that song at every gig probably for the last five or six years. And uh, even in King John's Castle, we, we, we plugged out everything and we huddled around one microphone at the front of the stage and, uh, and I'll never forget that moment when you can still have those emotional moments, even with a large crowd, and and sing a song. It always seems to capture, uh, I don't know, everyone's emotion, and it does. The first thing you do is think of family or or, or maybe lost loved ones or something, and <clears throat> it's powerful. I suppose it, you know it, we didn't write that song. It was the song we heard um, in probably Vancouver back in 2013, and. I just come. I was blown away by it when I heard it. A band from Nova Scotia sing it, and uh, yeah, we've kind of adopted it since. Mm, beautiful, really, really lovely uh, song. So, Barry, what is this lockdown like compared to the others um, for you? Um, I'm kind of I'm in a good place for this one. I think Joe. I was uh, I kind of struggled with the first few, not really, I suppose, being used to them and not knowing. What the where the where we were going to go with this, or when we were going to come out of it. But I think with this one, I've ever since probably before Christmas, I've kind of had uh, since the vaccine was announced, and I kind of was preparing for this, and I'm just gotten in. I'm I'm that kind of annoying person who's gotten in a good routine, I suppose, and I'm I'm trying to be as you know as positive as possible for the whole thing, and uh, I've really gotten in a good routine with this one. I'm, I'm working hard and. As I said, I have young kids now. I've tw- we've twins here uh, that are 18 months and just loving, like, you know, as I said, trying to find the positive and the positive. One positive side of, of the whole year has been that I spend every day with them for a year, which I wouldn't have had at all if if we were touring and, and uh, you know, every uh, little stepping stone they've made and I've loved every second of that. And, uh, yeah, and no, I'm just... Uh, getting into a decent routine with work and stuff here as well. And I think parents listening will remember all the joys of that, the challenges of it as well at that age, but I suppose <laughs> the one thing you don't have to worry about is the homeschooling problem. This, I know, and I do, my heart goes out to people that have to do that and work at the same time, and I think we're in a, we're lucky that they're, they're only 18 months, so there's, there's none of that. It's playtime, really, which I'm uh, more than happy to go out on the road and throw a ball around with them or just get in the garden and get muddy. That's pretty much the most I have to do with them. So, uh, the late nights, sometimes when you're up at three o'clock in the morning, uh, climbing the walls with them is a bit crazy, but um, look, that's all part of it. And, and uh, they're very good, to be honest. They're good crack as well, so they're keeping us. You know, they're, they're un- completely unaware that there's a pandemic going on, obviously. Yes. So they're just the happiest two little kids in the world and we're just... And uh, learning from them, really, to, to relax and just chill with them. 
Yeah. And, and Barry, I mean, it, it sounds like in the place that you're in at the moment, in your head, that you're looking ahead with optimism. You know, you're try, trying to see uh, when Hermitage Green will, will be doing what it loves doing again. Yeah, I think, um, you know, <clears throat> with the vaccines coming out and, and that, you know, not to get too technical, but I, th- I think we've seen the worst of, of, of the pandemic, really, you know, with... Um, I would hope with this lockdown that our numbers will drop sufficiently and uh, if they say the vaccines will be rolled out by the end of the summer or maybe the start of um, autumn, then we can start booking gigs for, I would say the summer is still out of the question to book gigs, um, to be honest. And then, but you know, be optimistic that by October, November, we can get back to full rooms. I mean... I don't really want to go back to half capacity, Joe. I've no real interest in it. I really, I want it to be when we're back, we're back, um, full, fully fledging in a big, big venue, full crowds, and it's heaving. And, and that moment when we first step out on stage and we play a note, and the crowd are are there. I, I just can't wait for that, and that's that's mm-hmm. what's driving me through all of this is that it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can you imagine the energy of that first performance or indeed, and I know you do commentaries with us on Live 95, the the full Dormant Parks of the world again and, you know, that that first time that happens again. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. I mean, I'm already going through the set list in my head, honestly. I've I've written it out with with the band. They're kind of going, what would be the first, the biggest one that that would get the the biggest response and the opening song and uh, it's and it's those powerful visualizations or images that you can put in your head that really inspire me. And, and as I said, Tone Park, I've been to a few lonely games with uh, Dan Mooney over the last few months in Tone Park, which uh, as, uh, as much of a novelty as it is to be to be the only two people, either with Don O'Sullivan or with Dan Mooney, commenting over uh, a monster match. It's, it's the, the idea of a full-packed Tone Park, um, whether I'm commentating or just there as a... As a fan, I just cannot wait for that. And I think you know that's that's going to be an incredible experience for all of us when we're safe to do it. I think yes, that's the key. Yes, obviously, yeah. is that we're safe. But I have to say, I mean, you you and Dan have something going on. Did you guys work together briefly years ago or something? Uh, we worked in Maldarby's restaurant in uh, when Maldarby's was was still there, which was I'd say ninety seven, ninety eight, maybe. Right. Uh, I was just out of school and. Uh, I got a job for to keep me, you know, in pockets when in college. And Dan was only about fifteen. I said, "What are you doing there?" Well, <laughs> <laughs> typical Dan Mooney was uh, singing to as a way he was a singing waiter. He would sing to all the Americans that would come in, and they'd give him fifty euro tips and all this. And uh, so he was still pulling the wool over people's eyes at that age. Um, whereas I was the most probably the most useless waiter to ever wait a table. But um, ah, look, we clicked back then. I just thought he was such a character, and obviously he's uh, he's grown into that as a commentator and as a writer. And every time we get together, we just have such a laugh. And he's such a passionate rugby man as well. He loves it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I, 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 lo- I love commentating with him and Don as well, of yeah. course. No, it's uh, great. It's great. They're, they're, yeah. yeah, so we really enjoyed it. And, and just with your rugby hat on, I mean, again, no crowds, but I, I presume you'll be doing in between everything else you're doing at home, watching the Six Nations. Yeah, well, I've myself and Andrew Trimble have started a podcast. We've been doing well. We've been doing it for about two years now, called Potholes and Penguins. Um, don't ask me about the name; it's a long story. <laughs> um, 
but uh, that's my kind of nine to five at the moment between writing and doing a little bit with Hermes Green. We do two shows a week with uh, myself and Andrew and, and Dermot Sheedy, the, our drummer from Hermitage Green, as our producer extraordinaire. So if anyone wants to tune into that, that's Sundays or uh, midweek. We do them as well. You get them on all the podcasts. But we basically take a little bit of a light-hearted view at uh, rugby and whatever else is going on in each other's lives. So we, I'd be watching the, the rugby closely this weekend, and but we are mostly looking for a bit of crack and some sort of light-hearted way to look at it. But it's great to have, isn't it? But like I can't wait for us to have three games now, which is two over the weekend, and hopefully um, we see you know a decent performance from Ireland. That, that's what I want. Just want it to be entertaining at this point. I think. A lot of the the chat has been about winning and stuff. I'm just like, just give us a decent, uplifting performance, and uh, I'd be happy with that. You know. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more with that. Listen, great. Uh, thanks very much for letting us check in with you, uh, Barry Murphy of Hermitage Green, and check out that great podcast as well. He was talking about uh, with Andrew T- Trimble, and you'll hear him doing co commentaries here on Live ninety five when uh, Munster are back in action. They've three games actually back to back at Tolman Park in uh, March. Uh, great to chat to you, Barry. Thanks a mil. Call Limerick today now on 461995.